you know, we talked about a variety of different lessons that we could learn um, from these great stories. But, you know, if we were explaining Ramayana to a child, to a young child, or maybe, you know, to some grade five or grade six students, and we thought, let's distill this down to three takeaways that we want these students to walk away with. Because, you know, with kids, they'll hear everything, but they may remember one or two, maybe possibly three things if you're lucky. But I thought, you know, as, as you know, I'm an author of children's books um, and I have two young kids myself. If there were three lessons that I could impart to my children about Hanuman uh, or Ramayana, what would those three lessons be? If you had to distill them down to three lessons, what would you say the mm. top three would be? Yeah, I mean, there's so many. One, one that for the first one that immediately sort of came to mind and I think is really valid for everybody living currently on this planet mm. is is to never be afraid and to never give up and to always be always approach life with a sense of adventure and um, rather than seeing things in life as something you have to do as seeing that something everything as something you get to do mm. you know that's that's the way Hanuman okay. approaches everything you know it's like I get to serve Ram. I get to go save Sita. I get to do all these things, and it's just a, it's just an ongoing ever. Like he's he's a character in a video game, and it's just like when you're playing a video game, it's like you get to go on these, you know, you know maybe scary missions, you know, and do these treacherous things and come out, but you're the hero. So you're you know you're doing these things and you're enjoying. Um, the time. So it's really, it's really about that. You know, the whole book is just to look at life as an adventure, a movie. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah, I think that sometimes gets lost on folks, right? When, especially when you're going through those really, really hard times. Sometimes you almost have that question, like, why? Why is this happening to me? Why, why me? Why me? Um, you know, as opposed to maybe looking at it, it's like, this is gonna make me stronger. This is, I'm gonna learn so much. And if this doesn't, if this doesn't break me, imagine the kind of strength that I get to take with me after this. I, I love that. That's such a solid lesson, especially for young kids. If you can get that at a young age, you know, life gets that much um, easier as you get older and you face challenges. You, you feel like, mm-hmm. you know, I've been here before. So, okay, I love that lesson. So proceed with courage. That's, that's so much better. They understand that so much better than we do. You know, mm. young children, they haven't, that hasn't been beaten out of them yet. They that's come true. Here, you know, like as a, as a newborn, you come here as a soul, like, oh, I want to play that game. And you, that's you, so you, true choose it and you come here on purpose and you're ready to go and then adults beat it out of you uh until you uh you know just find yourself just repeating um subconscious patterns in your mind the magic you know that sort of thing so you just said something that was like it was like an aha moment for me um you said you know it's almost taken out of you as a child you have it and it's removed so maybe this is more of a lesson for adults, educators, teachers, parents. Um, and I always say to people, you know, in my line of work, when I would, you know, go out and I would do workshops for educators and teachers um, and, and adults, I always say, you know, whether you're an actual teacher in a classroom or not, if you're an adult, you are a teacher. Someone's always watching you, whether in, your, in line at the grocery store while you're driving your car or standing at the bus stop, you know, someone's watching. And as an adult, you have to realize that you are going to be modeling certain behaviors, what you say, and what you do. And if you realize that that's always an opportunity, maybe you're more conscious of the people that are around you. So I, I share that 
um, only because what you said resonated with me. So my children, I have an eight-year-old and I have a five-year-old. There is a wonderment and awe and this like this boldness that scares me sometimes as a parent. So it makes me almost want to be a helicopter parent. Like, don't do that. Be careful. Don't go up there. Don't climb there. And you don't realize, but sometimes you, you in, in, in trying to keep your child safe, you can chip away at all of those things that makes them want to adventure and journey and take mm-hmm. risks. And, and if, if you think of it, all the greatest lessons you've learned are usually the ones that came at that either at the hands of failure or at the, at the hands of trying and, and not succeeding. So um, I'm so glad that you said that because you're right. Children just need to be reminded to listen to that inner voice. It doesn't mean you throw caution to the wind and run across the street without checking the directions. But I think that yeah. you sometimes instill fear as opposed to curiosity uh, and courage. And so yeah. I think that's a great reminder. It makes me think like as you say that, you know, it's like this is a game that you can play with your children. If you're reading this book together and you're exploring these things, because that's what Hanuman is. He's never somebody who just, you know, this character who who recklessly does anything. He's always pausing. He's always uh, bringing a sense of awareness to the situation. There's so many parts of the story where he stops and he 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 gets very present and he um, tunes into intuition to guide him. You know, mm-hmm. is this right? What I'm doing right now? He tunes in and he's he's really he's a vehicle of Rama of God. You know, right. so when he whatever he's doing, he's he's being guided. You know, so when he's he's doing these very heroic, incredible, dangerous things, but always taking a minute. And that's why the book is so wonderful because it's just like us. We stop and we evaluate. We think about, okay, if I did this, then this would happen. If I did this, then this would happen. You get to hear his mental sort of way that he gets there. And if you're playing this game with your children, maybe it's a fun way for you both to, you know, to advance together, keeping that sense of um, childlike joy and, and, you know, curiosity and all that, but with sort of, uh, a structure and, and a way like a path forward with that, you know? Right. Okay. Love that. So that big lesson, um, stay curious and look at things as an adventure, as opposed to, you know, well, I can't believe I, I have to do this. It's like, you're, you're so privileged to be able to do this. It's, you know, you're grat- grateful for that experience or opportunity. Okay. So that's one great lesson. Uh, what's two more that you would want to impart to children? Yeah, like really overall for me, I just keep getting this. It's just the whole thing is just don't be afraid. <laughs> you know, there's there's so many little ones like sort of weaved in there that, you know, yeah. I could bring up with context and tell you the story and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so maybe if like I, I was to dive into, you know, certain aspects of the of the Ramayana that I could like explore in that way, mm-hmm. that might be a way to continue to share lessons. But like really, you know, without like, you know, doing a little bit of, of uh, thought around that and don't be afraid. That's what resonates. Yeah. OK, so yeah. let's use a real world example then with that, uh, Chris. So right now we are, you know, we are in June of 2022 and the market is crashing around us. We have, you know, crypto cryptocurrency at an all time uh, low for the last couple of years. We have the stock market plunging. We have incredibly high interest rates and inflation is just going through the roof. You know, there are many people out there who are extremely fearful because they see what they had just a year ago completely evaporate and they don't know how long this is going to continue. And, you know, they got real issues. They're they're trying to feed their families. They're trying to keep a roof over their head and 
you know, um, and stay alive. So when you're facing that kind of adversity, how do you, how do you say, don't be scared or don't be fearful? Or um, what is the, the, the guidance or the wisdom in that moment where it seems like you are gonna, about to be engulfed by the, by the flames? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the key, right? It's like, it's easy to say these things, but like, how do you actually put that into action? Yeah. You know, the stories are great examples of that. And if, if, we're, if we're tuning into the stories and we have a spiritual practice, we're constantly bringing ourselves back to this, you know, so um, I've got a lot of, I'm glad this question, like, I've got a lot around this, actually, just yesterday, um, you know, when we were talking, and, and things were coming up for me. Um, so and I in the meditation that I um, hosted last night, we were talking a lot about this. So um, this is a very potent uh, subject for me currently, um, you know, as it pertains to the Ramayana, uh, things that were coming through for me is that we can use these images of Hanuman and of uh, Rama, you know, specifically to our project, I'm creating these like power images that we can use as a reminder, you know, because, and that's what we're doing with each other with this, this, um, this community is we're reminding each other daily, like, like we're in this together. Like, don't, don't give up. Don't get, don't be afraid. Don't, don't get scared because, and the reason, you know, you can easily say that, but okay, here's the scientific reason why not to be afraid, you know. Um, I've got some notes here around this. It's something that I always quote. This is from Swami Kriyananda, one of my teachers at Ananda. He said, the secret of prosperity is happiness. For a determination simply to be happy attracts prosperity. Happiness is at the same time the best definition of prosperity. So this we decide, like, you know, like we're reading these stories. Okay, I got, you know, you have these experiences with it. You wanna, you wanna want to be happy all the time. You want to not be afraid. You get it, you understand it in those like peak moments, you know. And then this is saying, you know, okay, let's make a determination to be happy no matter what. And that determination actually magnetizes us and attracts prosperity, good things to us. If we're upset, if we're frustrated, if we're scared, that actually uh, keeps us from being able to tune into intuition. So we're going to miss opportunities. We're going to miss inspiration. Um, we're going to miss things if we're, if we're upset, like our prefrontal cortex just shuts down, right. you know, and we get into a fear mode. Well, it's really, you know, it's like we make, we make bad decisions when we're afraid, you know, we cut corners when we're afraid we make just, you know, it, it leads us to making a lot of decisions, but not good ones, you know? Um, so that's like really the reason to do it. It's not, it's not just this airy fairy, like, oh, just be happy all the time or have some sort of like, um, you know, fake confidence or humor mm. or something like that. It's, it's not that at all. It's like, this is really actually very challenging to do. And it's the daily, like stoking yourself in some way, you know? So what I was, you know, telling the group um, last night and in other weeks that we've been talking about these things is that this is the time to double down on your discipline. Like if you've been thinking about starting a daily routine, or if you have a daily routine of things that you're doing that are good for yourself, this is not the time to like abandon those when you get scared. 
It's like, okay, we're being faced with these things. So now let's make sure that we're doing these things and, and double down on it. Like get better, you uh, more, more focused and more sincere about it. Um, so, you know, that's, that's it. And I, and I've been um, sharing this a lot. I make these shirts that say um, calmness, sweetness, happiness, Mm-hmm. I've been making these coins and these, this is based on Yogananda's, uh, he, he said this once that you should make a, you know, just think about it as a triangle, calmness, sweetness, happiness. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is when you forget, when you, you know, you get um, scared and you're in this life and you don't know what to do. It's calmness, sweetness, happiness. Like that's the game. So oh, I, I decided, you know, like I'm going to play this game with my friends, you know? So that's why I made this, um, you know, this little coin. Yes. Um, so, um, so it's to keep in your pocket, you know, and then if you're, you and your friends are playing this and the more that you get other people around you that agree, this is a good idea <laughs> in their yeah. column. And so whenever you get afraid and like, Oh, what, you know, you, you put your hand in your pocket and you hold the coin and it's like calmness, sweetness, happiness. Oh, like, I love it. Like it but <laughs> I love it. How do we, how do we get our hands on one of those coins, Chris? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're on my website. Um, and I have a deal with them. So if you get, you know, you can get two of them and you get one for free, then you can okay, share cool. it with your friends, you know. Okay. Um, so yeah, so those I'm are gonna order I'll order some for my my girls, my wife and my kids, and all the four our entire family will do this. Mm-hmm. Calmness, sweetness, kindness. If my if you know when you were saying that, if someone said to me, you know, as uh, whether it's a teacher or um you know, anybody um, that, that's in my child's life as she gets older, as they get older, if they came to me and said, your child is so calm and so sweet and so kind, I would have thought she made it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, she made so it. That's, that's all I want. Happiness. But yes, that is that is it, man. Like, it's right. It's like, no one's going to be upset at you if you're calm, sweet and happy. Yes. <laughs> and kindness goes right in with that. Yes, that. kind of sorry and happy. Yes, correct. Okay. I I absolutely love that. I'm ordering it as soon as we get off this podcast. You said something that also struck a chord with me, Chris. You said, this isn't a mentality that you, it's very, it's not like that superficial, just be happy or just be, there's a reason to act in this way. There's a reason to approach life with calmness and sweetness and happiness, because like you said, it opens up the door for opportunities and possibilities to get you out of whatever the situation you're in right now. Mm-hmm. That is that is tactical. You know, I remember in reading um, Gandhi's autobiography, he said he talked about, you know, when he was um, protesting like civil unrest and they said, you know, uh, is it just, you know, uh, passive resistance? And he says it's not there's nothing passive about this. He says because you decide not to hit back, it's actually it's it's an active resistance. It, it, it requires a lot of courage to take a punch and to take a hit and to not strike your 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 the person back um, and to see that person as a brother or a sister and 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 have compassion for that person and to forgive them. Um, and Mandela did the exact same thing. You know, it's it's like this this active uh, nonviolent resistance, uh, not passive. And and I just thought that was it was very beautiful. And I think, it, it, you know, it's easy to get lost in, 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 in that type of uh, jargon or terminology, but the way that you said it, I think re- really resonated with me, you know, like this, everything shuts down when you choose not to, you know, to, to act in that way. But if you can activate those, um, what would you call them? Virtues. Um, you, 
you create the potential to get out of, of, of hell in some cases that people are experiencing every day. And so you have to act in these ways and it takes courage. Yeah, exactly, man. That's it. It's, it's not a passive thing. It's like, it's something that you can't fake, you know, and it takes a lot of real work and discipline to get there, but it's not, it's not grim work. You know, this is like, this is the same, you know, same going back to that principle, like this is actually adventurous heroic journey kind of work. It's not easy. It can be very like, you know, uh, it can really push you to your limits to really yeah. just what we're made of, but that's what we're doing. And, you know, um, to anybody that's tuning into this, if you found your way to this podcast or to my artwork or whatever, um, then, you know, you're finding yourself ready for these kinds of things. Um, you know, like, you don't not everybody needs to be like uh, approaching life in this way not everybody is ready to because it really it takes a lot to to do it so you know you have to get to a place where you've kind of um you know tried to find happiness in all those other kind of things like money and sex and alcohol and all this kind of stuff that is like we think brings us happiness you know or fame mm. uh, all that kind of stuff. So we have to have gotten to a place where we've like at least tasted a little bit of some of that stuff, or we've like, you know, our past lives, we've, you know, we've already done that. And now we're like, okay, none of that actually brings us happiness. Right. Happiness actually, it comes from us. We decide to be happy that because our soul's true nature is to be like just loving awareness. You know, we're sitting in this like ocean of love, the infinite love and infinite bliss and possibility, you know, like just in every, you know, atom of the universe is just infinity contained inside infinity and we're just inside this so when we become just awareness we're just like wow 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 you know that's yeah. the experience of the soul and the soul just gets identified with the limitations of the physical body so that's when we get scared we're like we gotta protect you know um but honest but actually what all the great sages say is like you know you're, you 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 actually you when you you're getting into like a, a, a in tune with the the spirit or the soul or the higher self then it actually it's, it's actually always doing all the work like yeah. our, our lifetime i like to think of it like a meteor headed towards earth you know it's like on a trajectory like your life is like that all the things that we've done like all the things that i've done and said and you know been yeah. embarrassed we're ashamed of those are going to happen no matter what i'm just the soul that decided to like rent this dvd <laughs> right <laughs> i love that that's really cool chris i i think um yeah proceeding with courage and, and and don't be scared don't be afraid like that's such a such a you know it seems so seems so light but it's so heavy and like you said you do have to be disciplined to move forward like that so okay wonderful i'm gonna pass i'm gonna if there's any lesson to pass on to my kids it is that is to proceed yeah. with courage I have so, like yesterday just from as a personal like for me like i was feeling that collective i was feeling that collective um um fear 
you know, that sort of like, it's so strange. It's like when I wake up in the morning, I feel like I've been in the subconscious. I'm not chanting my mantras. I'm not, you know, keeping my mind on God. I'm in the astral, you know, just in the subconscious realms, you know, who knows what I'm going through in the subconscious realms. I'm not as, I'm not present, you know. Right, right. Um, so when I wake up, like I feel like a mortal. <laughs> <laughs> especially as you get older and you got those aches and pains that remind you how mortal you are yeah 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 right and those yeah the pains you know like you, the flood of your life situation comes in and all of that stuff you feel the energy of you know the the of everybody else in the planet and that collective so yesterday i was really feeling that i think i was kind of like sharing with you guys a little bit about like some of the tools that i go to like there's a book called the um uh, the obstacle is the way um that yes. often thank you for sending that yes yeah and he he um he he's really like breaks down stoic philosophy in such oh, an yeah. exciting way you know um so I was tuning into that yesterday because I was like, these are tools that for me, when I get, when I get afraid or when I'm like, you know, it's like with this project, I know like what we're doing, we're, we're supposed to be doing this. Yeah, and I, yeah. and I know that um, we have so many, um, you know, things that we're, we're doing that I really believe in. And um, so no matter what is the climate of NFTs and cryptocurrency and all of that, this book, The Obstacle Away is the Way, it's, it talks about all of the great companies and inventors and, you know, great minds of the world that we can learn from who have done their greatest achievements in the most difficult and treacherous times on earth during depressions, during wars, during pandemics, like this is when the greatest things that we now come to um, see as, as just part of our reality right. during that time. So this is a very potent and I know that and I love that. So I was kind of restoking myself yesterday by going through his work. And I, I was sharing with the meditation group last night, this like sort of like just a little list of some um, quotes and from my teachers and from, um, you know, philosophers. So I just like to kind of go through this real fast. Is, sure. This is what makes like, because I'm going to go do my guided meditation. I can't come in there with any fear. Like I have right, to of course. emanating happiness and uh, calmness and smoothness, you know? So um, I, I try to make sure like I, I dig out any of those things and I, they evaporate by the time I'm, I'm yes, there. Yes. In a quick period of time, the things that brought me back out of a little bit sensing fear into a feeling of, of calmness and sweetness and happiness. So um, Ryan Holiday talks about, um, I think this is from Marcus Aurelius or maybe Frederick Nietzsche, um, but this idea of amora fati, which is a love of faith, a love of faith. And Frederick Nietzsche, he, he described this as his formula for greatness. He said that this, this greatness comes when one wants nothing to be different, not forward, not backward, not in all eternity, not merely to bear what is necessary, still less conceal it, but to love it. So this idea of like whatever is coming to us, we are going to love that thing wow. for us, you know? Wow. Yeah. yeah. He told this story of... Um, uh, I believe it was Thomas Edison. He had this was like in his um, Thomas Edison's prime. He had this uh, this um, 
giant laboratory that they've been doing all of their research on lighting and everything that they've been doing and all the records that they have. He was at dinner one night with his family and a man comes running into the door from, uh, from the laboratory and tells them that the laboratory is on fire, you know, and, um, and rather than him jumping up and, you know, getting scared and running, he says to his wife and his children, like, go get your friends. Let's go. This, you're never going to see a fire like this. Wow. <laughs> you know, true story. Yeah. And they stood and there's, yeah, there's history of this, you know, even they stood and just watched the fire in, in a, in a jovial way of just, wow. You know, burn. I'm going to make a better, I'm going to make it better when it's time. Wow. So he saw all of his life's work and whatever he was currently working on go up in flames. And he's like, it doesn't matter because everything that I need to know is already here and I can mm -hmm. recreate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he, that's what, just what he did made a better, better facility, everything like that. And that, that to me is like, man, I want to be like that. And yes. just that sort of like in the moment, you know, okay. And that's what meditation does. It allows you to slow down your thoughts. So a reaction that I might have, I can, I can have like a, just a split second before I get scared. Now I can go, Ooh, wait. Ooh, oh, what is that? What is the, what are these books I love to read? What are these teachings? Like, I want to be like that. And I get a little bit more time, like every year or so that I'm meditating, I get a little bit bigger of a gap to like, Ooh, don't just say <laughs> what you're going to say or react in the fearful way that you would normally react. Like who's your heroes? Like, and that's the thing too, it's like with these images, with these coins, it's like, you know, with your friends that are reminding you with what we're doing with this community, like we're going to continually be reminding you of this and yeah. you know, around people who are doing this. And it, more that you do it, it actually, your brain, it, it, we have these, these grooves in our brain that are uh, conditioned uh, patterns, you know, so whatever we're used to reacting in that way, there's a groove that's dug deep in there. So when we had react in a different way, we're, we started creating this little tiny scratch of a new groove. Mm. You know? And then we do it again and we do it again. And that one, you know, the old groove starts to, to heal and the new one comes Ooh. in. So now we're just reacting and responding. I, I need well, some new grooves. I need mm -hmm. some new grooves. Yes. And so that one is that story that just gets me, you know, and we can link to like a little, like there's a video of Ryan talking about some of these things um, that just, you know, when he's talking, it just gets you fired up. So hopefully yeah. this gets you fired up as you're kind of thinking about this. It, it turns it from, you know, like, oh, you know, it's so sad that crypto is, is a, such an, in a bad place now, or there's the NFT world has become flooded and there's all this kind of stuff. And in that, you can tell how that starts to like, just make you feel small, makes your energy go, oh, maybe we should give up, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's like the opposite, you know, it's like this, this kind of thing comes, it's like, okay, good. Um, there's going to be less people in the field, in the, in the, on the field here to, um, you know, be cluttering up the, the game. Yes. Um, the people who are really serious or, you know, sincere about what they're doing, we're not serious, but we're sincere about what we're doing is that, um, those things will last, those things will thrive. And all the, the other stuff that wasn't really, you no, know, the heart wasn't really in it. It wasn't, they didn't really believe in it. They're just doing something to like earn a buck or whatever, which is totally fine. That's how a lot of companies get started. And, yeah. but you know, the, the really great ones will, will see opportunity in the most dismal times. Yes. Know? So the clarity we're all looking for has to go through this 
you know, so what we actually want, sometimes you have to go through the fire, purif- get whatever that needs to be purified, purified, and then let the, let the best rise to the top. And then you have that certainty where you can invest or that you can at least lean on. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Okay, love that one. Give me another one. That's yeah, fantastic. Right in line with what you just said. So Marcus Aurelius said, what you throw on top of a fire, the fire turns to heat, brightness, and flame, you know? So you just throw all your fears and everything into that fire, you know, and just allow like, okay, we're, we're doing this. And we, we see whatever comes our way as, as these obstacles, it allows us to pivot and make difference. So be like water, yeah. man, you know, um, and that's how you will succeed. And also too, like our, you know, our definition of success is, is, is to become happier, to become calmer, to become sweeter, to, um, you know, success should not be measured by the things accomplished, but by our increasing understanding, ability, and closeness to God, you know? Oh, I love that's that. A, that's cool. That's a, an affirmation that I, that I do in the morning, you know, to remind myself of this. Um, another one, um, one of my teachers, Naya Swami Asha, she says, stress is merely the resistance to what is happening. <laughs> let, me, let, let, let me just sit with that one for a moment. Stress is simply the resistance to what is happening. When you accept it, you you notice that your stress level starts to drop. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So if you got a cancer diagnosis, if you just lost your job, if there's you know, the death of someone who you know was close to you in that moment, it's the most extremely stressful situation. Um, but as soon as you embrace it and maybe see it for the potential that, you know, the lessons that you've learned or the, the, the memories or the experiences that you receive from that, you start to flip the way that you look at it. You are almost started to, you start to release yourself from the stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like saying this too, this too, this too, you know, um, some of the most profound like moments that I had, I've had in my life are like really from you know grace of god to have this like awareness that would come up through just all this practice that i've done is Mm. finding myself in really um what would have been very overwhelming situations in my life and we can go into some real specifics on another podcast but um but just as an over overall like being in a place where i would have been very overwhelmed by the situation taking a minute and saying like this too, this too, this too. And um, this is a movie, like this is a, this is a, a very interesting part of the movie. The, the audience is captivated by what's happening right now. If I see myself in a movie right now, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't something that's destroying me. This is something that is like adding character to my life. Mm. This is, I'm becoming, um, I'm, uh, this is like a sad moment, but this is a sad, sweet moment in the movie, you know? Yeah. Um, so if you're approaching it that way and you imagine, I imagine God's watching this movie and I'm his actor. And, you know, so in that moment, it's like, okay, what would God like to see? Like, what would the audience like to see? How would they like to see me and behave as like the sort of protagonist in the story? You know, what should I do? Yeah. Uh, so that really helps, you know? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, the, you know, but as you were talking, you think if, if you saw yourself like in a movie, and let's say you are the hero in your own movie. You know, there's certain things that we do in public when we're around our friends or our spouse or, you know, in a, in a public area. And we have, 
you know, we conduct ourselves in a certain way because people are watching. But when we're alone and we're alone with our thoughts or when no one's looking, sometimes we feel like that doesn't count because no one's around, no one's going to know. And I think Gandhi has a great quote and he said, the greatest challenge for every human being on the planet is to bridge the public and pride itself or the public and personal self, to bridge, to be the same person always. That's very, very challenging. And I never, I, I was like, how, does anybody do that? Can everybody, can anyone achieve that where you are the same person, regardless of when you're completely on your own and no one's around to when you're around other people. And, um, you know, the when you, when you just said, if you think of yourself like a movie, imagine that, imagine that you're the hero in your movie and the viewer, the, there is going, there is somebody watching or somebody will watch this movie and they get to see all the scenes, not just the times when you were in front of your friends or with your wife or with, but they get to see you 24 seven, would they still see you as the hero? Would you, would you be embarrassed at all? Would you, would you uh, not want them to see it? Are there moments in your life that you conduct yourself in a way where you'd be really, really embarrassed or feel bad um, that someone got a chance to watch you um, and, and see something that you're not necessarily proud of? And so that was just an interesting uh, thought exercise for me because I think that when you are alone, you know, especially when fear sets in or, or, or shame sets in um, or doubt. Sometimes when no one's looking, you might do something that you're like, I just hope no one knows that I did this. But if you see it like, listen, I'm, I'm writing a story that someone's going to read one day, maybe my kids, um, or someone's going to watch a movie that someone's going to watch one day, you might want to conduct yourself in a way that you'd be proud and you'd be happy to share. This is who I was, my authentic mm -hmm. self. Um, so anyways, just, just, just some food for thought. That was a good thought exercise for me. Yeah, man, that, that it's interesting you bring that up. Cause that's been on my mind a lot lately. You know, it was funny. Like it, it was sparked by, I was watching wrestling, you know, <laughs> um, the, the, you know, the, the wrestler in the middle of the ring hang, hangman, Adam page, you know, he's, he's talking to, uh, he's talking to CM Punk, you know, and he's like, you know, he's, he's, you know, they're, they're having a feud back and forth. And he was like, He's like, um, he says to, to CM Punk, you know, he's like, you know, who you are in front of the crowd, in front of the audience, when the, the cameras are on you, you know, it's, it's easy to be a hero then, you know, and then mm. he was basically saying, you know, like, but what really matters is, is when no one's looking and you're by yourself and you're doing your work and you're staying disciplined. That's what makes a champion when no one is looking and you're, you know, and wow. it was like, it was just a small little thing like that, but it was really sparked in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so very wise speech from a from a from the wrestling community that's amazing you can learn anywhere yeah right um and and that really like it, it hit home for me when he said that um because it was just like yeah like that is that is what counts you know we're we're um um we're always you know another way to look at it is everything that we're like this 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 current moment that we're experiencing together the things that these opportunities that we have the fun creative projects that we have the friendships and relationships you know how they're going everything that we're living right now is a result of the things that we've done previously things that we've said things that we've thought about so those moments where nobody's looking those count too <laughs> yes so true 
So if you're planting those seeds and then, you know, you're doing things in, in secret that you think uh, nobody is aware of, like you're just fooling yourself. Because yes. You're going to have to live that. You can't get around it. It's karma. No. It's the law of the universe. It's um, cause and effect. It's how it works. So yes. that's a great motivation to like, you know, those things that we're embarrassed of. It's like, well, I mean, I don't know if I can do it, but I can start trying. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think sometimes it's like people sometimes forget where it's like, well, nobody saw and there was no consequences. Nobody got hurt. Living with some of the decisions that you make as and nobody knows about sometimes is the greatest burden of all because you know it. And at the end of the day, no one puts you to bed at night except yourself. And so, you know, to live with that burden of oh man, I did this, I, I, I did this and I can't tell my wife or I can't tell my kids or I can't tell my best friend or my employer, um, you know, or my, you know, whoever it is. And it's like, you now have to live with that. And that burden gets heavier and heavier as you get older and older, especially when, you know, you want the, the golden rule is treat other people the way that you want to be treated. You know, it's just kind of thinking like, wow, what if I was in that situation? You know, what if I was in the opposite situation? You know, and so it's it's like a lifetime journey to like to to merge those two worlds. You know, it really is that forever and getting better and better at it. But if we're practicing, if we're talking about these things and we're interested in doing it, yeah, we're getting better and better every day. You know, so that's the thing. You know, don't be don't beat yourself up for you want to be don't you know but if you're taking steps like then you're in the game like you're yes. doing so, so uh, in that vein uh martin luther king jr in his autobiography he said something that changed the way that i because I, I i i grew up catholic um and and you know you have to go to confession and say your sins and you know yeah, repent and ask for forgiveness and so there's a really guilty conscious I found from a lot of Catholics that I know or Christians that I've met and then even myself growing up. And, you know, you think there's certain things that, you know, are forgivable and then certain things that aren't forgivable. Um, but then you realize, but you're human in both experiences. And I've, I, you know, there's people that have committed the most atrocious crimes um, that have found a way to, to find redemption. Um, so Martin Luther King said something that I thought was absolutely beautiful. And he said, when you finally meet God, he and you think about and he looks across your life and he looks back at the road that you traveled and the journey that you traveled, and 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 he says, you know, everyone is, is on this line. It curves. You know, you make good decisions and bad decisions and mistakes and successes. He says, when God finally meets you, he does not judge you by the individual instances of your life. God judges you by the bent. Of the curve do you bend in the right direction have you tried you're going to make mistakes but does that curve bend in the right direction do you make better choices than worse choices for the majority of your life that's what he wants to see he wants to see that you're trying that you're trying your best not because you're human everyone's going to fail you're going to make some terrible mistakes in your life but do you try to correct and do you try to make sure that that curve bends in the right direction that you're proud of because if you're proud of it being in that direction, then there's a great chance that God will also be proud of. So I just thought that was a really beautiful way to see it. And when I raise my own kids, I, you know, my, especially my oldest, she has that guilty conscience and I might be guilty of, of raising her in a certain way um, that makes her feel like that. But I think that there's something inside of her as well. She just wants to prove 
to herself and to others that she's, you know, she's a good girl. And sometimes she'll say like, oh my goodness, like I did this, like I'm such a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bad person or I'm a bad girl. No one ever calls her a bad girl or tells her she's a bad person, but she, she let, she lays that on herself. And, you know, so I actually had that conversation with her. I said, you know, which, which way are you trying, Mario? I said, like, are you trying to go in one direction? Are you trying to try to make bad choices? Are you trying to make good choices? You're going to stumble along the way, but just think about what direction you're going in. And that's the most important thing. Keep heading in that direction. You're going to get there. And it was a, it was, a, it was a good moment for her, you know? So mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel that for sure. I had an, an ayahuasca experience that really like brought that home to me, you know, it's like one of my early ones of working with that medicine with the ceremony um, around it. And it was that, you know, it was a mother ayahuasca, the feminine presence that that I felt very like it was so tangible that was just in this relationship with this feminine presence with the medicine. Mm -hmm. And she came to me and was telling me that, you know, so say, you know, in, during the, during the experience, I was getting these really great intuitive flowing, wonderful um, insights about how to improve my life and things that I could do that would be better. And I was enjoying the, the high vibration of it. And then I noticed as that sort of crescendoed and I started thinking about the things that I had heard, you know, thinking about the experiences that I just had with the medicine that, experiential you know teaching that felt really great when it was happening and then I started thinking about what she was showing me and I started feeling bad about myself like oh but you know I'm someone who did these things and I'm you know I started to like have this sort of like um, guilt around where I was even though she was showing me where I could go and then she came back in and she was just like Chris I'm I'm only showing you these things because you're listening and you're interested in getting better and growing. If you are going to beat yourself up, I'm going to stop telling you, wow. I'm going to stop telling you these things because I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to make you, you know, hate yourself. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying like, this is how you can get better and you can yeah. always get better and you can always get better. So rather now I try to do that as much as possible is when, when that comes up, when you see like, oh, you, you think back about something that you did and you're like, oh, man, I wish I wouldn't have done it that way. I wish I'd have done it another way. Just do that. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, don't like keep rolling it over and beating yourself up. Just go, oh, cool. Like, all right, I'm going to be better than that next time. That's yes. what I want. That's okay. Yes. Cool. I'm getting better every day. Like, and then just don't just stop yourself. Don't. Yes. Keep, yourself up so just a little thing there yeah yeah i love that my angela says um you did the best with what you knew at the time and now that you know better do better and that was just the most simple the simplest way i've ever heard that being put and i just thought that was beautiful but drop and give us another one if you got another one there because these are fantastic yeah. so sister gun um ganomata is how you pronounce it she was a, one of them uh, paramhansa yogananda's greatest women uh, disciples and she was a fully awakened by the time she died. And she said, what happens to us doesn't matter. What we become through it does matter. You know, so these things are going to happen to us. So like if you're on a spiritual path and then, you know, a bunch of bad, you know, bad stuff starts happening to you, that's not what matters. You're like, oh, you know, it's, it's because I'm, you know, you, you make up all these reasons why bad stuff is happening to you. She says, it's not about what's happening to you. What matters, what matters is what we become because of the things that happen to us, mm. you know? So 
these challenges that come up, like they actually, if we're, if we're seeing everything is happening for us, then we can learn and grow. And the follow-up to that, um, Naya Swami Devi, um, one of my teachers at Ananda, she says, this is the question that we should all ask ourselves. What am I becoming through the tests, the challenges, the anxieties and fears, the negativity and divisiveness? What am I becoming because of this? Am I, am I becoming more calm, more sweet, more happy because I've like gone through all of these difficult trials and I'm now battle hardened and like you, you can't stop me because like I've, I've gone through all these things or are, or are you, um, you know, turning to things that are not helpful, like escapes through alcohol or through vice, any sort of vices that like, you know, call for us. It's like Yogananda calls them poison honey. He's like, well, why does God make this poison honey? <laughs> You know, it's like, you know, sex and drugs and alcohol are so charming, you know, he uh, mm. makes them, it's like poison honey tastes good, but it'll kill you. <laughs> so true. But he's like, I argue with God all the time. You had no right to make all this poison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, you're so, it, it's, you're so right. That's so true. Poison honey. I've never heard it referred to that as, you know, before, but Yeah. And they suck you in and it's so temporary. It's not even like a change. You know what I mean? It's so momentary. It's what, like eating a, you know, nothing bad against the people at McDonald's, but eating a Big Mac in the moment is just like a perfect example for me. In the moment when you're eating it, you you almost like crave it. Um, I haven't had one in quite some time, but, you know, eating a Big Mac in the moment, you're like, oh man, yeah, I feel like McDonald's and I would eat it. And after I finished eating it immediately after, I regretted it. My, everything felt like my whole body felt like shit. And I, you know, I couldn't, it just like, I felt became lethargic. I didn't, you know what I mean? I, that even the taste in your mouth afterwards is disgusting and it's so momentary, but it's like, you forget all of the, the, the way that you feel just, you know, right before you're about to take that first bite of it. And you're like, Oh, why did I decide to do this to begin with? It's it. I feel like that about everything, whether it's like sex or I haven't really um, dabbled too much in, in different types of drugs, but I, you know, I know that it's temporary because people always need to go back and get another hit and another hit because it never lasts. Yeah, right. And that's what that's what we sort of like um, go to when we're we're feeling low. And rather than that, it's like, no, like these. And that's what with this community, like I want to just we're just keep continually reminding each other. Yeah, like, no, yeah. those things that actually help you like break the pattern. So in my mind, um, what was coming up for me after my meditation was okay, it was, I was kind of taking a bird's eye view at my life and how I was responding to things. And this, this thought came in that, okay, me, the self, you know, can say to this organism, this computer, override previous pattern, (laughs) you know, like take a minute, override previous thought patterns override previous um you know subconscious protocol (laughs) i'm actually i'm typing that in our discord right now override Mm -hmm. previous thought patterns Mm -hmm. break the pattern yeah because it'll come up and then you'll just automatically do this you'll automatically go for a drink you'll automatically go for watching porn you'll automatically go for something that's just going to make you feel good because you feel like shit you know, and it's not like we should, we shouldn't go from feeling like shit to like trying to feel like amazing in a short burst of like some sort of sensory pleasure because we get so just 
used to like just going for that thing and it leaves you dry and feeling shamed and guilty. It never, you never are happy with yourself afterwards. So it's like these things that we're, we're talking about, you know, like we can really go for just, I, I say to people, if you don't have like a daily uh, uh, routine activity thing that you do, like breath work, like just learning, learning how to do some of these pranayama. It's so popular now with, you know, uh, Wim Hof made it really popular. Yes. Yes. These, there's so many, there's breathwork apps and, and things like that. Like, um, and I can share some links to, to some that I think are, are good and valuable. And man, you can feel amazing. And then, you know, Wim Hof calls it getting high on your own supply. Yeah. And then after you do it, you don't feel like shit for doing it. You feel like you feel your, everything is enhanced. You know, your, your body is, is healing. Inflammation is healing. You know, you're full of your, uh, your blood is oxygenated. Your, your mind is thinking clearly your, your synapses are connecting, you know, like that's the thing to do when you're feeling down. It's like, don't go for poison, honey, like go for the thing that really will, will help you, you know? So, and it's good. It feels good. <laughs> do it. Guys. It does, especially when you get through it, you get the strength from every single time you get past it, you get the strength from that. And like you said, the community is key. And sometimes you feel alone. And like we said, when no one's looking, you're like, nah, I'm going to go have this, this chocolate. I'm going to go watch that porn. I'm going to go have this drink. No one's around. I have the time. But what's really cool is we actually are building out a community where you, when you have this moment, you can go to the community and be like, guys, I'm feeling and get that feedback, get that motivation, get that encouragement to change the pattern, you know, override mm -hmm. the current thought process, change the pattern and, and access yeah. this, this greater space. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to pretend like I don't feel like I feel it every day, you know, but I, but I override it as much as it's like more and more every day. Like I, I'm getting better at overriding it. I'm picking yeah. it right. You know? So, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, do you want to do one, one more? Yeah, so this is just, this is the last little, little point here. Um, yeah. Okay, so Swami Kriyananda, direct disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda, one of my biggest teachers, like, he says, this is one of the most wonderful times in history of mankind to be alive. <laughs> wow, <And> like, <laughs> it doesn't matter the time. Yeah, like, so obviously we're not living in a golden age, right? Yeah. There's, there's wars, there's pandemics, there's divisiveness. We're, we're more divided than we've ever been, uh, even though we have all these tools to connect us. We're, you know, how could you say that? It's like, how could you say that, you know? Yes. And, and I've been thinking about that because I also feel that too. Like, I feel for my soul, this is, this is the greatest time uh, in the history of mankind for me yes. to be here right now. Yes. It is. And I was thinking like, okay, why, how could that statement possibly be true? And something that was coming up for me is that my guess is that part of the reason that he says this is because this is the time, this is the most potent time in the history of mankind for your soul to learn, to grow, to expand. Mm -hmm. You don't go to a chiropractor and say like, take it easy on me. I just want a little something, you know, you like, you want your back to be healed. So you give, you know, do whatever you got, you do whatever it yeah. takes. To I want to feel yes. better. You know? So that's, that's, I think the reason why this is the most incredible time in the history of mankind, because we selected this time to come here and we wanted our souls before they got confused and got um, identified with the body. They said, yeah, I want that one because 
that oh man, I'm going to learn so much. I'm going to grow so much. I'm going to mm. really, you know, make a, a big leap here. Um, and I feel like that in my life now, like thinking where I've come from and where I'm at now, like, man, like this was a good one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I think, um, you know, I think of the, the what, what hit me when you said that, when you read that was, you know, if you believe that things always get better eventually like there's there's like there's hardships and there's pains you know after world war one there was a world war two um but equality and rights and access to information and people it it has continuously got better our, our i feel like it, to, to not recognize that things are that this isn't the best time to live in means that everything that came before us to get us to this point was in vain and I just, I don't believe that. I think people sacrifice their lives and their time, which is the greatest currency we all have, just so we can exist in this space today, whatever this space is. They, they, they did it all. And it was worthwhile because this is the greatest space and we have the greatest opportunity to create the world we want to create. Maybe not in, in our lifetimes, but in, in our children's lifetimes or their children's lifetime. Our, the goal is to always leave it a little bit better than it was before you got here. And I'd like to think that everyone that came before us, they did that. This world is a little bit better than it was before they got here. And we got the privilege to live in the place that they created. And we're going to do the same for the next generation. Yeah, hundred percent. And just to think about it in that way, we can get into also like talking about the yugas, which is a big, a really uh, one of my most fascinating studies is just like the cycles of time that all of the great um, cultures have talked about golden age, bronze age, iron age, and how we're constantly just moving through these ages based on planetary alignments during that time of our planet moving around or the, you know, the, the solar system moving around its dual and that sort of a thing. When we're closer to the center, that we're more awakened, more, you know, uh, the mass consciousness is just at a higher level. Right now, Swami um, Sri Yukteswar and the lineage of gurus that I follow, he says that we are in an ascending age, ascending age of energy, Dwapara Yuga. We've come out of the material age in, he says, in, in 1700. This is a fully awakened master just telling us how it is. In mm -hmm. 1700, that was the end of the of the Kali Yuga, the material age, when men could man could only understand matter, um, physical things. You know, there was no electricity, there was no cryptocurrency, no uh, radio, no TV. We didn't understand anything that didn't have like a, a physical. You know, thinking about radio waves in the air and the ether, like we couldn't possibly understand that, let alone the energy in our body, that our body is made of vibrating energy that, so in 1700, all these inventions started to, to come through and these uh, realizations that different scientists at the same time, whatever, um, the electron microscope was, was invented, discovered. We can zoom in on, on an atom and we can realize that inside that atom is 99.999999% empty space, you know? Yeah. And so, and then, you know, that those discoveries lead to other discoveries. And now we find ourselves in this age of energy where now our money is energy, whatever, all, everything that we're, we're moving into a metaverse. 
you know, we're in this ascending age of energy. It's so obvious once you, you look at it that way. Yeah. And I like to look back at like, say like the, you look, you read these old, you know, these scriptures and these the stories of saints where they would need to live in caves and uh, escape into the forest in, in ashrams. And if you really wanted to know God, you had to like completely just, there was no point in being out in the world because nobody wants to hear it. Nobody else is practicing it. It's just, you know, you and your your guru, and then he'll send you into the forest and you just, you know, you just be with God, meditate every day, you know, right. and that's what it was. And it had to be like that. Now we're in this, this age where I'm, you know, I have access to, if I really want to be sincere and I want to seek out teachers, like I can learn those same practices that, you know, these sages did in these caves. But I now I get to do it out in the world. Like I, we have a podcast where we get to talk about this stuff. Like others are interested in it. You know, like I can make a career around this kind of stuff, and we're all learning and growing. So you don't have to not. You can be like a householder, as it's known in Buddhism. You know, like you can have a family. You can do these things, and it actually like is appreciated. You know, Christ was nailed to a cross during the Kali Yuga for just even talking about these things. So mm. um, we're in we're in. And a, and a magical wonderful age there's going to be a lot of shake up obviously we're in the sure. middle of everything right now and it's just the old past is is dying and crumbling so that the new better more expanded things are happening this is an age of energy which they say is um it's um, um personal interest i think is the way it is the way it's like uh, personal interest you know times energy you know it's like the things that we really want to want to do with our lives we'll be able to do do more and more it's like before you had to like work in a factory you had to do what your dad was doing your mom was doing you had to be a mom you know a stay-at-home mom you didn't have opportunities as, as to grow so now we're like getting it's like you know we're making a a, a company out of like talking about the Ramayana or like art you know that these are things that didn't happen in the Kali Yuga. So um, there's so much more opportunity and it's just going to keep getting better and better and better, but there's going to be a lot of stuff to get through. So that's why it's important to stay calm, sweet, and happy in this shakeup period, make yes. good, have people that you can count on and do good things so that you have good karma and people will help you out when you need it. All that. Well said, hmm. well said. All right. Well, thank you for sharing all those dimes. That was unbelievable. Um, so much food for thought. Uh, even just for me, like I have to go back and really sit with a lot of the lessons that we talked about today. Um, but thank you, Chris. This is, that was a, such a blessing. Um, do, do you mind maybe if we can ask a few more quick questions here? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay. So you talked a little bit about um, the Ramayana in in um in its in itself in the culture that it came up in it's very well known it's made it's you said that it was also the forgive me the, the story that has been told more than any other story since the beginning of time is that is that fair to say mm. yeah. so why is it if that's the case why is it that it has not been popularized in the in the western world maybe we weren't ready till now 
<laughs> you know, I think we're ready now. Like that's what's it's, it's exciting about about it. You know, and then seeing all the monkeys. You know how 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 um, how popular monkeys are. That's true. Like guys, the, the planet. It's like so. It's like maybe maybe that's Hanuman energy. You know, returning um, or, or um, making his way um, to America. You know, because that story is is known so and so obvious in Southeast Asia mm. and places like Thailand. And, and if you go to Bali, like every museum is just full of artwork around the Ramayana and the, you know, in, in India, it's everywhere. And so, but here it's like this little secret somehow. I mean, it's, it's shown itself and it's, it's permeated our culture. Like I think I was saying on the last uh, episode we, we talked about, it was like, the Ramayana is George Lucas's like secret, you know, like that was his inspiration for writing the, the Star Wars trilogy. Um, and these, this story is also, it's, it's universal, like Joseph Campbell would talk about, like this same story you would see in other cultures with, you know, just other flavors, like other characters, other cultural contexts, you know. Mm. Um, but this is how, this story is how one of them was the most ancient culture on planet earth has kept this story alive mm. throughout millennia. And they say that as long as the Ramayana is continuing to be told on earth then the spirit of Hanuman will remain uh, accessible to us. Like mm. this, this, he is our refuge. Like he's not, a, he's not actually a monkey. Um, he's not actually a form, you know, it is, it is like our last refuge. So as a soul, like as we're talking about this game, this think about it as a virtual reality universe, video game, whatever. Our souls can jump in and, you know, we're God. We jump into, we, we jump into this virtual reality video game. We're allowed to play it. We are allowed to do whatever we want. We're allowed to like go nuts. Like, you know, say like in Westworld, you're allowed to be the villain. You're allowed to do, it's yours. Go do whatever you want. You know, like uh, find out for yourself that that doesn't that that doesn't work. How low that you'll get when you, when you do these things. It's a perfect simulation of teacher. So go ahead, do whatever you want. Like it's yours. As far down and deep and dark as you go, like playing this video game, no matter what, the spirit of Hanuman will be there mm. for you to bring you home when you're ready. When you're ready so you can never go too far where you're beyond redemption or you're, you're beyond like discovering that you actually are just god that got confused and, right. and you know got lost and scared and now all of a sudden you got all these bills and these things and you're in jail and you got whatever it happened to you yeah. you there's always so that's what this uh, hanuman is that that reminder like he, he's always there for us and he'll he'll always be there so that story so powerful that, that's why it keeps getting generated, like told, you yeah. know, that's how the sages passed it down. They would, they would pass it from master to disciple. They would, in, an, in a higher age before the, you know, previous higher age, they didn't need to write it down. There was right. no script. It was just like, we could just. Uh, Oral tradition. Mm -hmm, we're just shared yeah. collective consciousness. And that, yeah. And then it, it just got lower and lower. They had to start um, chanting it 
then they had to they start writing it in Sanskrit and then it, um, you know, and then start making artwork around it, you know, then start turning in, him into a monkey. So it's more exciting, you know, start turning these, making these stories into yeah. like more relevant. So like, what's the most exciting? Oh, okay. Let's make it uh, an army of animals. What right. is this that's going to get your, your imagination going and you won't forget it. Um, so you said yeah. shared consciousness is where it's first started. That's how it kind of was shared between. Do you feel like we'll be able to get back there as humanity? Like, do you actually, um, I feel like Elon Musk has been talking about that, which is kind of interesting because, you know, he's, he's at the forefront of all these, you know, technologies, but he's a, he, I, I think maybe it was a Joe Rogan podcast and he talked about it and he said like shared consciousness where you would, where you're going to be able to know what someone's thinking without them having to tell you is something that we're working on. And he's like, it's not far away. It's almost, it's kind of interesting because I think he's, it's what it's, it sounds like he's taking a very technological or scientific approach. And maybe there is a spiritual aspect to it that he's just, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't gotten into yet because maybe we're just not ready for it. But it's interesting that that's where it began. And it seems like that's where we're going. Yeah. Isn't mm -hmm. that interesting? Totally. Yeah. I think it's, it's like something that we're craving and that we're, we're all want to, we, we, we know because we are, our consciousness was there. We, we, we've been there. We've had that shared. So I think yeah. we all collectively want it. Like that's why we like social media and we like all of these mm. things that connect us and we're learning so much. We can, you know, we can learn it. Everything that you learn, you can teach me and then I can just expand my, my awareness. And yeah. So I think what, what he's doing and what like a lot of these scientists are doing is, is through technology, trying to create a technology to help us do that, where if we all like knew our own real true powers and we were actually collectively, you know, uh, practicing these things together and we had that ancient knowledge, um, we could do it on our own without technology. Right. right. Which is maybe maybe we, like so maybe it's like you know you you start there and you it's like the hero's journey right you're always trying to return home yeah and, so we're, know, in the age of that, we're in the age of an energy right now so that's why it's technology mm. so then after we go past the age of this age of energy and you can you know you can use it as technology you could, or you can use it as like sort of this technology of understanding the energy in your body and do it without an iphone or whatever um mm. but then as we move from this age we're going to move into the age of magnetism and age of magnetism where you're, you know, they'll, they'll have technology, maybe technologies around it, but we'll be moving things with, a, with our own magnetism, right. our mind, sound, those kind of things. And then we move into the spiritual age where we're back to that, that golden age again, where we're just, you know, in tune with our, with our true God consciousness. So, but yeah, that's, that's where we're moving and we're headed. So I think we just watch you know, don't get scared of technology. Um, don't, you know, obviously there's a lot of, you know, there are villains on earth that are, that are doing a lot of villainous things, but um, that never works out. <laughs> right. Do the, like movies are showing us like, okay, if you're the villain, you're going to do villainous stuff. It's not going to work out good for you. And it end. never ends. Yeah. It always, it always, they always fall. There'll be mm -hmm. tyrants and, you know, people that are, you know, the, the worst representatives of humanity, but they always, they always fall and mm -hmm. prevails. Um, so, okay. So just getting back to, to why wasn't it popularized? Maybe we, we haven't been ready for it, but I do love the fact that you said all these monkey projects and eight projects are laying the groundwork for this. So Board Ape Yacht Club and, you know, on-chain monkey and all, all of these are just, you know, they're, they, they're, they're popular and they built incredible communities and people, 
Some people don't even in, in, in like the artwork, but they love being a part of the community and what it represents. Mm -hmm. And without that, without those, you know, those, oh, well, I guess those, those are like the hallmarks in the, in the NFT space, at least there are many others. Um, without that, maybe we wouldn't have been able to even tell the story right now, but I do think you're right. I think that, you know, perhaps they are just laying the groundwork and once that's done, people will be able to, um, embrace this story and these incredible, uh, NFTs of Hanuman, um, that will relate to them spiritually, emotionally, uh, physically, uh, mentally, you know, that this will be your representative and, and hopefully something to remind you that you are, like you said, like there's a God within all of us um, or the, the infinite is within all of us. And we just need to be reminded of that. We can, we can get through any situation, whatever presents yeah, 100%, itself. 100%, 100%. Yeah, man. I'm glad you brought Brad back to the question too, because it's like, okay, yeah, focus me here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's okay. I, I'm with you on the journey. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so, okay, the reason why, the reason why it's not popular here yet, um, is because those, those traditions, those cultures, like what I was saying is they've kept it alive. It never died. You know, it's not like it went away and came back in India. Like it, they, spiritual connection is their great genius, you know, in the East and in India specifically, mm -hmm. um, um, Yogananda says it's going to be the spiritual genius of India and the the um, uh, it's and the the ingenuity and the um, the genius of, of invention and, and creativity in America, you know, like these things, that's not exactly how he said it, but it's those two that will combine, you know, right. like our, we've made this, you know, we've showed that we don't have to live in squalor. We can actually like, you know, do great things that um, help manage uh, waste and help manage environmental issues and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be like that combination of the, the, the spiritual genius of India and America coming together to bring us into this new age. And so with um, with the the Ramayana, it never it never like faith faded out in India. It stayed like that. And in America, we don't have a spiritual tradition. You know, our God is technology and invention and ingenuity, and hard work. You know, but those things are are necessary. You know. So it's the combination of those two things. So in America, we're now just getting, and Yogananda was a big part of it when he moved to um, California and Los Angeles in 1920s of, of bringing yoga to America, you know? And, and it's spread since then. And we're now getting this, like, so many people are interested in these things because it works. So it's real, it's not right. like, it's not, this really, it just really works. So if you do it, it works, it's scientific. Um, so now, for us, we're just, we're just learning about the Ramayana. Like we're just learning about mythology and how to use mythology and mm -hmm. how ancient cultures, you know, have used myth and have used um, rituals and used um, shamanic work in order for us to like unlock these um, just collective conscious, like archetypal stories that can teach us how to live, you know, like, we don't have any sort of initiation rites of becoming a man in the U.S. or becoming a woman or, you know, like we don't we're, we've lost touch with those kind of things. Mm. And 
these other cultures have like kept it burning this whole time. So now we're just like learning about it. So for me, even as a Westerner, like I'm just very interested. I'm not by no means an expert in any of this. I'm just very interested in it, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I, I study it all the time and I'm, I, I'm, I, we're starting this project around it. And I, I love that I just get to make my whole life like, um, like talking about it and drawing it and, you know, chanting it. And yes, so yes. when we do those kind of things, that's when we really tap into the power of it. And you can enjoy it on any level. You can enjoy it like you're watching Star Wars. You can enjoy it like, um, you know, uh, as a as lessons for how to live. You can enjoy it as a, you know, a leader of like how to lead a group, how to lead a team. Um, so whatever, whatever you're ready for. So, but so now as, because I'm so interested in it, because it's got me so excited and now like I have this opportunity to start, you know, I've got a, a team behind uh, this project now and we're looking at just amplifying the, this story, you know? So that's, that's really exciting to think about being able to, um, have you seen the show American Gods? Maybe we talked about it. No. Read Neil Gaiman. No amazing amazing um, uh, books um, and uh, and and series um, but so the idea of American gods is is really a, an immigration story of, of all of these different cultures coming to America um, bringing with them their cultures and their gods and their um, traditions and that over time so in America it's like this sort of melting pot of everybody's traditions and cultures and ancient practices that are very strong in the places that they left but when they come here it gets watered down a little more every year a little more a little more until those gods are no longer remembered and so that that the book and the show is is about those gods like losing their power and becoming very weak and the gods of America like technology and um, you know, social media, these kind of things are the, are our gods, television. Right. Those are, these are our gods, you know? So those gods are becoming so powerful that they can just wipe out these old gods and just, wow. you know, and like, you know, well, we, nobody believes in you, you know? So, um, so a part of my reason for doing, you know, focusing on Hanuman as well is like, I want to, I want to make sure that this, this story of Hanuman for all the people that have come over and brought him to, and I've been able to travel and go, you know, experience him in temples and things like that, mm -hmm. to awaken that here in America, this, this um, ability to like tap into this most ancient story, most potent story that is really just showing us our own true potential. So um, that's, that's a big part of, of, of kind of like the way that I see it. Ah, very cool. Okay. I think it was very well answered. And I think I'm so grateful. Like you said, in the, which you talked about in the beginning of the podcast, like I get to that feeling. I get to do this. I feel so grateful that I get to be a part of the process of potentially um, telling the story for the first time to many people uh, in the Western world uh, through this through this project and supporting your artistry. So I'm very, very grateful that I have that opportunity. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah. <laughs>